G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Today, we conclude this magnificent series of messages from the Word of God, this great epistle of the Apostle Paul. And he tells them, he gives them a series of imperatives. First of all, he said, do not quench the Holy Spirit of God. Do not despise the Word of God. He said, examine everything very carefully. Fourthly, he said, uphold that which is right. Hold on to it, hang on it, and reject, walk away, refuse to accept that was wrong or evil. Saul, later named Paul, lived with an unquenchable passion for God. But it took a personal encounter with Jesus for him to realize his passion would not get him to God. It was only through God's grace. Welcome to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf and a powerful message from his series, Until Christ Returns. It's a practical look at how you can live a passionate, spirit-filled life in the last days. Right now, listen as Dr. Michael Yusuf begins today's Leading the Way. There's a story that was told about a wealthy lady who lived in the early part of the 1900s in one of the coastal towns in Scotland. Although she was very well off, she had a reputation in the town as being very frugal. And so imagine the surprise of her neighbors when they heard that she was going to be the very first person in town to install electricity into her house. It was a big surprise to them. A couple of months later, She had a knock on the door from the electric company representative. Madam, is the electricity working okay? She said, oh yeah, the electricity is just working fine. Then he said, well, can I ask you a question? Why does your meter show that you have hardly used any electricity? She said, oh yeah, 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 I use electricity. When the sun goes down, I turn the lights on long enough to light all the candles in my house. And as soon as I finish lighting the candles, I turn the electricity off. And I read this and I thought, what an example of so many Christian believers today. They are connected to the power of the Holy Spirit, but they scarcely use it. Like this lady, they are tapped into the power but they're living by candlelights. They are connected, but they're not altered. They had the resources at their disposal, but they choose to live on partial light, on a spiritual level. These are truly a picture of what is happening in our culture today among believers. 
They are living their lives quenching the Holy Spirit of God to whom they are connected. They are connected to the Holy Spirit by the very fact that the Holy Spirit indwelt them at the time of salvation, but then they choose to live by man-centered answers. They are indwelt of the Holy Spirit, and yet they follow man-made formulas and man-made steps and programs. They are given the power and the light and the fire of the Holy Spirit to light up the Word of God for them, and yet they choose to live on partial or dim light. And that is why, my beloved friends, today there are many believers who are lacking discernment. Christians that are totally lacking in discernment of distinguishing between truth and falsehood, between right and wrong, uh, discerning the difference between spiritual power and pragmatism is because of this. In his concluding words to the believers in Thessalonica, the apostle Paul gives them a series of exhortation. Turn with me, please, to chapter 5 as we finish the series together. In fact, in the last message, we saw three of these exhortations. He said to them to rejoice what? Always. To pray without ceasing. And to be thankful in everything. Today, we conclude this magnificent series of messages from the Word of God, this great epistle of the Apostle Paul. And he tells them, he gives them a series of imperatives. First of all, he said, do not quench the Holy Spirit of God. I know some of the translation doesn't use that word. That is a powerful word. Do not quench. Do not despise the Word of God. He said, examine everything very carefully. Fourthly, he said, uphold that which is right. Hold on to it. Hang on it. And reject. Walk away. Refuse to accept that was wrong or evil. Then he prays for the power of God the Holy Spirit to sanctify them. Now, I don't want you to miss the order here. This is important. Not quenching the Holy Spirit comes first. There's a reason for that. Because not quenching the Holy Spirit is a key to all of the other things that they're going to need and you're going to need and I need in order that we may live a life of purity and holiness. To get back to the story of our Scottish friend, if you are not using the power of the Holy Spirit that you are connected to, you are quenching the Holy Spirit's power in you. But listen carefully. Paul is not suggesting, not for a moment, that any of us or all of us or anybody or any force or any power in the world can quench the Holy Spirit. Absolutely not. And a million no's. He is talking about quenching the Holy Spirit's fire and power and light in our individual lives. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of God and nobody can quench Him. Often it's a figure of speech in the Bible when they talk about the Holy Spirit. Remember on the day of Pentecost, it came as tongues of fire. So that fire and light is a figure of speech for the Holy Spirit and His presence you see, when the Holy Spirit came and dwelt in us, when you were a new believer, you remember the excitement. When the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you remember how He came with glowing fire in our lives, how He came with a burning light in our hearts, how He came with powerful activities in our lives, how He came with purging and purifying power in our life, how 
He came with power to guide us in our lives. And we didn't have to say, well, I don't know which way to turn because the Holy Spirit is guiding us and revealing to us the will of God. Ah, but since that fire does not quench itself, does not get put out by itself, it has to be an outside force that douses it, an outside force that dampens the fire. It is us who dampens the fire of the Holy Spirit. It is us who quench the power of the Holy Spirit. How? By allowing ungodly thoughts to dwell in our minds and and build strongholds in our lives by allowing our emotions to get entangled with ungodly affections, by allowing our thinking to be infected by the world's thinking, by allowing our eyes to see and to dwell on immoral and ungodly things, by allowing our decisions to be infected by the wrong motives. And when that happens, you slowly but surely start dousing the fire of the Holy Spirit in your life by allowing a critical spirit to dwell in you, by allowing a rebellious spirit to live in you and inside of you day in and day out, by allowing an unrighteous anger to grow up in you and dwell in you, by allowing godless desires to dwell in you, by allowing selfish ambitions to be part of you. That's how you dampen the Spirit's fire in your life. Now, I cannot do it in your life any more than you can do it in my life. This is a personal thing. That's an individual thing. I can let the fire of the Holy Spirit be quenched in me. I cannot do it in you, and you cannot do it in me. What often puts out the light and the fire of the Holy Spirit is an individual life are things like pride, overconfidence in our ability, Cherishing a sin in our life. The psalmist said, when I cherish a sin, God does not hear me. Unforgiveness. Trusting a program instead of the power of the Holy Spirit working. And so we quench. We stifle. And we suppress. And that happens when our opinions and our ideas replace the Word of God. Why is that important? Why does he put it first? Why am I dwelling on it? Because it's of vital importance. Listen to me. Because Paul goes on the next thing. He says, do not despise the Word of God. I'm going to explain that in a minute. You see, when you quench the Holy Spirit, the Bible is going to feel like a ton of brick. He can't even pick it up. When you quench the Holy Spirit, minimizing the Word of God and the power of the Word of God, all God gave me a mind to use, will follow. We consider it of little account. Oh, it's important, but ah, it's not that important. We treat it with contempt. Back before the Bible was closed as a canon, as a measurement, as the Word of God, God used prophets who got up and said, thus says the Lord. And that was happening even at the time of the Apostle Paul until the canon was closed, until the Bible became complete. Prophets and apostles said, thus says the Lord. But now that we have the Bible to be complete as a finished work, as a word of God, we are called upon not to despise it, not to minimize it, 
And because the possibility of Satan being able to mimic the proclamation of the Word of God, he goes on the next one, he says, the third exhortation, he says, examine everything in the light of the Word of God. (laughs) Examine it, not on the light of what Dr. Smelfunga said, but examine it against the Word of God. (laughs) Test everything by the Word of God. Make sure it is the authentic Word of God. But I want you to think with me here for a minute. (laughs) How are you going to test everything if you have dampened and doused the fire of the power of the Holy Spirit? How are you going to distinguish between what is true and what is not unless you allow the Holy Spirit's fire to keep on burning day in and day out, moment by moment, unless you allow the Spirit's light to illuminate the Word of God for you? Can you see the Apostle Paul's logic? Can you see how not quenching the Holy Spirit is priority one? The Bible said the Bereans in the book of Acts examined, tested. They examined the Scripture to see if what the apostles are teaching is consistent with the Word of God. I mean, if they tested the preaching of the apostles, then you and I need to teach the preaching of everybody. That testing of all things must result on two actions. Verses 21 and 22. Look at it in your chapter 5. Holding fast on what you're going to discover to be true that measures up to the truth and reject what is false. I'm told that currency examiners, those experts who can tell what fake currencies are, they go through them and they go, and they're very fast. They look at, and they pile up the good ones in one section, and then they pile up the, uh, the bad ones, and then they burn them. That's the idea here behind testing everything. Testing everything. When you hear somebody speak and teach that which is not the authentic Word of God, reject it if it is not the Word of God. But when you hear the Word of God is preached and expound, and you identify it as the authentic and consistent with the Word of God, hold on to it. Learn from it. Grow through it. Share it with others. Let it penetrate deep into your heart. I want you to hear me right on this one. (laughs) Almost right is wrong. Almost true is quite false. Near truth will lead you astray. Finally, Paul concludes his letter on a subject that most Christians find it both challenging and convicting, namely prayer. Earlier he said, and we saw that in the last message, to pray without ceasing. Here he tells you how he prays. It's one thing somebody to tell you, do this or do that or do the other thing. And somebody would say, come and see how I do it. Here it is, verses 23 and 24. How you pray for others, how you pray for yourself. He prays for their sanctification. Sure, we pray for the needs of others. I'm on my knees praying for people all hours of night. And I pray for needs, and I pray for healing, and I pray. That's important. But the greatest prayer that you can pray for somebody, for other believer, for a family member, is their sanctification. I know that's a big word, and some of you might not know what it means. A lot of you do. It means you pray that there'll be less of them and more of Christ, that they become more and more 
like Christ. They'll be more and more set apart for Christ's use. More and more be separated from sin. John the Baptist puts it best, so that I may decrease and he may increase. What does it mean? It means that there'll be less of John the Baptist and more of Christ, and beloved, God is my witness. That is my daily prayer. There'll be less of Michael every single day and more of Christ. This process keeps on going forward until the day we will be no more Michael and all Christ. And as you pray for your own sanctification and the sanctification of others, remember this. The Bible teaches that there are three elements to sanctification. Just there are elements of forgiveness. When we come to the Lord in repentance and faith and become believers, we are positionally forgiven, eternally forgiven. But then day by day, we come to Him for forgiveness when we fail and when we sin. In the same way, there is three aspects of sanctification. It is past, it's present, and it's future. Past sanctification, the Bible says we are sanctified, positionally sanctified in Christ the moment you came to Him and received Him as your only Savior and Lord. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10 says, we have been sanctified through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. But then there is a present sanctification. That is daily sanctification. That is growing more day by day in Christ-likeness. God daily through the power of His Holy Spirit, He empowers us to be more and more like Christ. And then there is a future aspect of sanctification. That is the ultimate of all sanctification. That is the pinnacle of sanctification. And that's when the Lord makes the believer sinless like himself in body, soul, and spirit. So Paul's passionate prayer, and he does that not just in the Thessalonians and many other times. His passionate prayer, there ought to be your passionate prayer and my passionate prayer, is for daily to be decreased so that Christ daily be increased in us. And the word here, holy or completely, it means that this sanctification process takes effect in us until it takes us all the way home. It is increasing day, day by day, day by day, day by day, until every inch in our life, in our minds, in our hearts, in our will is under subjection of Jesus Christ. Not an inch in my life that is not subjugated to Him. That is the process of sanctification. And that's what the Apostle Paul meant when he said, we take every thought captive. Not just 80% of the thoughts, not just 90% of the thoughts, not just 98% of the thoughts, but every thought captive for Christ. And sanctification begins from the inside out. Listen to me. This is very important. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. This is of vital importance. Sanctification is an inside job. It begins in the soul and spirit and then moves into the body. It's right here in that order. And I want to explain that to you because it's important. Your spirit is the most distinct part of you. And your spirit is what first connects with the Holy Spirit when you come to Christ. Spirit to spirit. 
And when the Holy Spirit dwells in you, and your spirit begins to conform to Christ's image, your body is going to follow. Your body is going to obey. You see, Paul was preaching to a Greek culture, and in the Greek culture, they taught that the body is evil, that the soul is good, but the body is evil. In fact, the body is a prison holding the soul captive. So when you believe the body is evil, what are you going to do? You're going to do evil things. And that's why they were giving themselves to immorality and debauchery, even in the pagan temples. The body evil, so let it do more evil. Well, we have this Greek culture coming back now. And the Christian faith comes in and says, no, 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 no. The body can become holy, but only after the soul and the spirit become holy. I've seen it. Those people who follow behavior modifications and outward behavior changes, they fail again and again and again and again. They get started and they get going and, and then they crash and burn. Why? They're going about it the wrong way. They're going about it from the wrong end. It's when the mind and the heart and the will is sanctified, then the body's going to follow. It is when the inside becomes holy, then the behavior will follow. It's only when the seed is righteous that the tree will produce good fruit. It's only when the heart is true will it show its color in daily living. There's another important point here, verse 24. The Apostle Paul expressed confidence, not in our effort, not in our trying harder, not in trying to change our behavior. No, 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 no. He absolutely expressed confidence <laughs> that we can become holy because of the faithfulness of God. Look at verse 24 with me. And if you have it in front of you, let's read it together. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. He'll do it. You see, Paul's confidence is in the faithfulness of God. He's saying God can be trusted completely. God is totally reliable. God never reneges on His promises. And God always, 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 always finishes what He starts. You're listening to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, celebrating more than 30 years of gospel ministry. Learn more about Dr. Youssef and Leading the Way at ltw.org. Once again, ltw.org. Hey, before our time is gone, let me mention a couple of ways you can connect with the ministry of Leading the Way beyond this program. The first is a monthly magazine called My Journal. When you open the pages of my journal, you'll be able to dig deeper into some of the content you hear right here on the program and read ways God is working in areas of the world through leading the way and partner ministries. Again, it's called My Journal, and you can get a free trial subscription started when you call 1-300-133-589. Or you can go online to ltw.org, which is also where you can learn how to receive a daily email from Dr. Yusuf called My Devotional. It's a short, insightful look into a verse or two from the Bible, packaged with a practical application from Dr. Yusuf to make it relatable to life in 2021. Look for the links to My Devotional and My Journal when you go to ltw.org. And that number again is 1-300-133-589.
Before we run out of time for today, as an encouragement to our fellow listeners, I would like to invite you to share how God is using this program to encourage you in your walk of faith. I believe it is important to give testimony of how God is working in your life. And if leading the way is part of that, we would want to know. You can call our testimony line at 1-300-133-589. Once again, the number is 1-300-133-589. Do it today. Thank you in advance and God bless. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming and compromising truth around the world. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.